Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Pass the Brew. I am your host, Mark Cunningham, and I got to think of a new way to do this intro. I don't know any other way to do it, though. It just sounds so repetitive. Maybe it's just because I record a bunch of these at the same time. Anyways, I'm really excited to announce our guest today, Kat Melheim, uh, owner of Coffee People Zine. I always want to say Zine. Zine. Coffee People Zine, uh, which is a really cool print publication um, about people in coffee and creativity. And we're going to talk about it in the podcast. I don't want to delve into it too much here, um, but you should absolutely check it out. Uh, the conversation today is great. Kat and I talk about, uh, you know, her journey, not only in coffee, but in, in other things and, uh, her schooling, her passions for things, uh, where we agree. It's, it's just a really good conversation. Like I, I had a great time with it. Um, I was saying this to Kat after our recording, but I tend to get really nervous before I interview a guest. A lot of the guests I've had on here are people I have not met in real life. Um, they're usually people I've connected with over Instagram. Um, of course, I've had a few of my friends on. Uh, but when you haven't met and like talked to somebody face-to-face, even over Zoom before, it can be a little bit intimidating. You're like, oh man, like how's this conversation going to go? Am I going to be awkward? Blah, blah, blah. So I always have like a list of questions next to me that uh, usually I don't actually have to refer to, which is great. Um, conversations have been really natural. I've been really enjoying this podcast. Um, and I hope you all are as well. Because that's the point. I hope you are learning things. I hope you're getting to meet some new people, learn about some new people, maybe learn a few things about coffee and or sports. Um, so yeah, this is a great episode, excellent conversation with an excellent human, and I hope you all enjoy. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Pass the Brew. I am very excited today to welcome our guest, Kat Melheim, to the show. Uh, Kat is the owner, editor, operator of Coffee People Zine, and uh, super pumped to have you on the show. So thanks for agreeing to come on, Kat. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So uh, I guess before we get started, how, how are you doing today? What have you been up to? I'm doing well. I, uh, what did I do? I did some yoga this morning. I made some coffee. Um, I, so I'm living right now with my parents in the, like my childhood home that I grew up in. Um, and my best friend lives, like she used to, she grew up across the street, um, and she's coming home. She's a teacher. So she's off for the summer and she just came home, um, for the summer. So she, I, I went over, I walked over and we had like a physically distanced, uh, little coffee <laughs> this morning. Oh, that's so good. Um, so yeah. What'd you, uh, what kind of coffee were you drinking today? I was drinking Onyx Coffee Labs, Ethiopia, KK something. I don't remember the name exactly, but uh, I subscribe to um, Standart Magazine, if yeah. you know it. Yeah. Uh, and it was, the, it was the coffee that was included in this issue. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. so good. Uh, Onyx is a coffee I've always, I've always wanted to try. I currently, there's so many roasters that I want to order from, and I have just way, way too much coffee right now. Um, I had some of Coffee Black's Gucci Mane this morning. Yeah. Oh, it just blows my mind. Every time I make it, it's, uh-huh. oh, it's just so good. I'm going to be really sad when it runs out. But <laughs> um, So Kat, can you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, kind of where you're from, just a little bit about your journey, and, and yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, I am from right here where I currently am, <laughs> which is uh, technically Stillwater, Minnesota, which is a suburb of uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul in, uh, in Minnesota. So I, yeah, grew up here, um, spent all of my, like, growing up elementary, junior high uh, here, went to college in Minnesota, and then moved to Seattle for uh, about a year and then moved to Denver. And that's where I got into the coffee industry. Uh, I'd been there for about eight years until just recently, about two months ago, I moved back here to, to Minnesota. Um, but my background really is in social work. That's what I went to college for. Um, so I have my bachelor's degree in social work in Spanish. Um, and then yeah, that's what brought me out to Seattle. I was working in a, a homeless shelter out there. And then also that's what brought me to Denver. I was working at a youth shelter there. And then uh, after a couple of years doing, uh, doing that, I just kind of needed a little bit of a break. Um, I, my goal was to kind of take a take an emotional break, give myself some time to, to chill and then go back to school to get my master's degree in social work. Mm -hmm. So I could do more like therapy, group work, um, and more like healing reparative stuff. With the right. bachelor's in social work, you're really only qualified to do um, like, well, there, there's a lot of stuff you can do with social work, but what I was doing was like direct care, right. um, stuff like that. So I wanted to do more capacity building, more healing work. Um, so yeah, so I started working in a coffee shop just as a way to like, yeah, have, have it an easy job, <laughs> a job yeah. that wasn't emotionally like, you know, taxing. Mm -hmm. um, and then just really fell in love with coffee and with the community surrounding coffee, the people who worked in coffee. And then also I'm, I, I'm a, a lifelong learner like I just I love I'm really curious so I love learning stuff and with coffee it seemed that there was just an endless amount of of different routes to take Absolutely. an endless amount of education and knowledge to access uh, endless amount of brew methods and coffee origins and farms and people and everything so I yeah I just I really loved it um, and yeah, just never, never went back to school. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, coffee is a bit of a rabbit hole. Like when you first get into it, you're like, okay, well, I'll learn about extraction and oh, I'll be good to go. And then you just, yeah. you find out that there's just, just so much out there. There's so much science that they don't know yet. And there's all this chemical yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Uh, it's interesting that your, your two degrees are um, social work and Spanish. So uh, my wife's major is Spanish and my mom is actually a social worker. She worked for the board of education in Hamilton as like a student social worker for, I don't know, like 45 years, 50 years, yeah. something like that. So she's been, so um, that's really cool. Uh, and so in Denver, you got into the coffee shop and then what has your journey and specialty coffee been like, what was the turning point where you were, you were like, okay, this is like more than a job. Hmm. That's a good, really good question. Probably, so my first coffee job, I was, I was enthralled by the latte art side of things. Like I just thought it was super fun mm -hmm. and really cool and a challenge to be able to 
horrid bunch of stuff. Uh, I also started kind of recognizing, you know, I got, I got into this coffee job as a way to not be emotional, like at work, but I realized how many of the relationship skills and like interpersonal skills and dynamics that I had learned in social work school mm -hmm. really helped me and made my ability to be a barista like mm -hmm. way better. Like, I mean, you know, as, as a barista, you interact with however many dozens or potentially hundreds of people a day mm -hmm. who are coming at you with, you don't know what their day was like before that. You don't know, you know, what, what if they just left the hospital because one of their loved ones is in there, or if they just like won a prize at like, you know, won an award for something, yeah. you, you, you have no idea where they're at. And so kind of the, the idea of meeting people where they're at, the idea of active listening and relationship building, which were all really important in social work and for me as a person, and this is why I went into social work, those are things that I love and believe in and want to do more of. So I found that I could kind of take those skills and passions of mine that led me to social work and that I developed through social work, that I could apply them in my everyday life as a barista. So that's probably more of what actually kind of hooked me in. Right into coffee and then I also got into the community of other people who worked in coffee shops mm -hmm. um, cafe owners friends who were baristas roasters and found a really a really wonderful camaraderie and community in that mm -hmm. space so that I would say I would say like the latte art is what hooked me first and then what really like brought me in was the the like the ability to create relationships with people mm. and then what really like sunk me in was the community that i mm. that i was able to find there um and then also all that as a dynamic like a, a dynamic network of things going on all at the same time yeah um and continuing to learn about latte art, but then learn about, like you said, extraction. And then I also, um, I was a roaster. Uh, so learning about roasting coffee and um, I've been to origin. So having the ability to travel and go to different countries and meeting people from different countries on the entire supply chain. Mm. It's all kind of like, it's all kind of been a slow draw in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, people on the outside of of the coffee industry and i would say on the outside of the specialty coffee industry i have friends every time i go to a coffee shop like having worked in coffee i immediately want to go and talk to the people working in coffee and my yeah. friends are like you guys are speaking a different language <laughs> and it's like well like yeah they understand what i'm saying i understand what i'm saying like we we communicate back and forth and you know you always get like free drinks and you talk about tasting and all that kind of stuff and they're like wow you guys are like a community you didn't even know that person it's like yeah, because well, yeah, we have common ground. We we understand things that people outside the industry maybe don't that like, yeah, when you get into a coffee shop, it's so much about relationships. Like there's this side that is the science and the taste and the art, but 
so much of it and so much of what I liked about being a barista was, yeah, that cultivation of like relationship with your regulars and with your coworkers. There's not a lot of jobs where you're literally standing like two feet from a coworker for eight hours of the day. So you better like that person or figure, figure out how to like them. Right. Right. Or at least be able to pretend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And cause I mean, even after, like I only worked as a barista for two years, but those friendships that I made in that shop will last forever. Um, So that's really cool. So I'm really excited that you are a barista and a roaster um, (laughs) because I love the idea of that transition and that kind of advancement through. So what, when did you switch? What was the what was the catalyst, I guess, for switching? And then what was that experience of moving from being a barista to being a roaster like? Yeah. So I kind of, I think I have a non-normative way into roasting. Well, maybe not so much non-normative, but I was a barista for a number of years and roasting always piqued my interest because of the more technical, the sciency, the and the artistry of it. Um, but I really love getting geeky about stuff. And so the ability to take a step back in the supply chain um, from, you know, as a barista, I learned about extraction, I learned about grind size, I learned about flow rate and all of those things. But to be able to take a step back and see how the process of roasting would affect solubility for extraction. It, to me, it was, it was a step towards the like more science, nerdy, geeky sort of um, stuff and figuring stuff out. Like I said, I'm really intrinsically curious. And so it was, I just had questions of how does this work? How does it happen? Um, So I, the first number of shops that I worked for didn't have roasteries. So there wasn't really the ability to learn how to roast. Mm. And then at one point I was actually thinking about leaving the coffee industry. I took a little break to work for uh, an educational, like an international education group. Um, But when I came back, I was like, well, I don't know if I want to continue on in the coffee industry. If I do, I want to have more opportunities for growth and advancement. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, yeah, like I said, the first number of shops that I worked at didn't have roasting operations. So really the only way to move forward was to be a manager or, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, And I I had managed and I had done like, social media and I had done scheduling and I had done ordering and none of that stuff really like it was fine and I could do it and it was whatever, but it wasn't something that really like sparked my passion. It wasn't Mm -hmm. something that was like, Oh yes, I get to, you know, look at our inventory and figure (laughs) out what to order for next week. Um, So Yeah. So when I was deciding, okay, do I want to continue in the coffee industry? I don't know. If the answer is yes, I need more options than previous. If the answer is no, then fine, I'll leave. (laughs) But uh, so when I was looking for a job at that point, I decided that, okay, whatever shop I'm going to work at, there need to be other avenues Mm -hmm. for me to, for me to grow, for me to 
learn different things and not necessarily like air quotes move up, but to just take another route, mm -hmm. uh, explore, explore another path. So I got a shot. I got a job as a barista at this other shop called Logan house coffee company in Denver and shout out cause they're, they've, they were instrumental really in me becoming a roaster. Um, so I got a job as a barista there. I also, at this point, um, so it was in Denver. I was, as I was deciding if I wanted to continue in the coffee industry or not, I had a, I have a number of friends who own shops and who own roasteries in Denver. But because I was like, I don't know if I want to be in coffee anymore. I was like, I don't want to work for any of them because right. if in two months I decide I don't want to be in coffee at all. Yeah. Like, I don't want to ruin those relationships. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so really like part of the reason I, I decided to work at Logan house was because I was like, if, if I want to leave, I don't want to have the emotion an, an emotional tie. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to just be like, Nope, not for me. Peace out. Um, so, but that ended up being just an absolutely wonderful place to go because I yeah started as a barista and then within a couple of months they were growing to the point where the one of the owners had been doing all of their roasting but they he needed to reroute his time into growing the business into right. managing the store um and needed somebody to fill in roasting I basically just made myself available saying teach me I'll do whatever you need and he was like, okay, great, <laughs> hop in. And then Sweet. the natural, yeah, yeah. It was, I, again, like I, I didn't, like I, I couldn't have asked for a better place to be and for a more accommodating and inviting uh, like opportunity. Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't have to fight for it. I didn't, I mean, I, I had to assert myself and say, this is something I'm interested in. Right. But it wasn't something that I had to, like really claw for or fight for it was and it was a really natural progression um the the uh, owner there who taught me andre um he i i was basically like teach me how and he was like okay and so he taught me and i started out roasting like maybe one day a week and then as volume grew as the need grew I just naturally started roasting more and he started roasting less. And it was a really, yeah, it, it just felt so natural and so smooth that I just started roasting more and learning more and then reading more books and watching mm -hmm. YouTube um, videos that I could find on, on roasting. And, and then I became the roaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then I was roasting more than he was and I was, changing the profiles a little bit here and there. And then we needed to get a bigger roaster and we did. And then I was the head roaster. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. What a, like, that's a great progression. It was great. Yeah. Like I, I got really lucky when, when I, um, so my, my wife is from Northern Ireland. And so I, we, we live in Canada right now and that's where I'm from. And when we moved over there, I wanted to transition into the coffee industry. And so just like, basically like shotgun, messaged on Instagram and Facebook, every specialty coffee shop I could find, which at yeah. the time was not very many in Northern Ireland. It's quite a small place. 
Um, and ended up getting really lucky at like this brand new shop. They're like, yeah, we're new. We don't really know if we're hiring. They kind of brought me in for an interview. I ended up getting the job and it was like, again, kind of like you said, it was just so lucky to land in the perfect position. And similarly to you where they just needed more, they were so busy right at the start that they just needed me to figure it out quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's so super cool. Uh, I'm really curious about, so you having been a roaster, um, what were some things about roasting that you learned that you maybe didn't expect to learn? Like what was different about it then? Like as a barista looking at a roaster, you kind of, you know, think, oh, like maybe it's like this or that, but what were some things that maybe you assumed that were different? Sure. I think probably the biggest one is how monotonous it can be. Okay. <laughs> and it depends on what kind of roaster, like as a head roaster for a small company, I was also the production roaster. So, you know, if you get, when you get to a bigger company, the head roaster does less of the everyday, just pumping out coffee. But yeah, as a, as a roaster at a small company, I mean, you literally roast all of the coffee and part of having good coffee and having a good coffee experience for your customers is consistency. And so it's not changing things every single time. Whereas as a barista, every drink that you make, every latte, every whatever is an opportunity to mm -hmm. pour something different or to tweak something here and there. As a, as a roaster, your job is to follow the curve, to get the coffee to taste the same every single time. And that, and, and sometimes that means that you don't, do a lot of changing things or developing the roast time after time. Of course, every time a new coffee comes in, you get to do all of that. And yeah. that's super fun, but it's, but you don't do that every day and you don't do that every roast. A lot of the time it's just, okay, I need to, I need to make this exactly the same as the last time. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty anxiety inducing. <laughs> so because yeah, it happens over like a relatively short period of time that like where the dis like where kind of the the crux of the roast is right that you have to kind of be on point yeah yeah and it there's a lot of different opinions and new like i say studies with air quotes and science <laughs> with air quotes because some people will say that the majority of a coffee flavor will happen in the last one to two minutes or a minute and 30 seconds to a minute 45 and other people will say well if you don't have the very beginning spot on then you're not going to have the same development at the very end and so it really does matter what happens at the very beginning and it, i think it's kind of two sides to the same argument right it's all it's it, the entire roast is important. Some parts are more, some parts, if you get off can be more detrimental than other parts. Right. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of repetition and, and also because of the way that a roaster works, you want to have like you, you want to, not just make sure that the roaster is doing the same thing every time, but that you are doing the same thing every time, which controls the roaster. Right. Okay. 
a little bit, it can, it can be a little robotic. Right. Yeah, that's, and that's fair. And, and it, I like that you did science and studies in air quotes, because I mean, the science of coffee is so new. Like if you look at how people have been studying coffee, it's pretty much been burn it and drink it. Like if you look at the history of Western coffee, at least it's been, it's been burn it black and then drink it with Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of stuff inside it. And then it's only been, you know, the last 30 years, maybe that people have like been, okay, well, what's going on inside coffee? And then as we've, you learned about that, you learn, oh, hey, this thing is more chemically complex than wine, which people uphold as the like ultimate drink when in reality, maybe it's coffee. Um, And so like, I really like that the science is new because it means there's so much room for experimentation. And I also, I was having this conversation with um, Stephen from the Coffee Enthusiast and he just talking about how it's like, it's an art form as well. Kenny Baker actually said the same thing, but it's like an art form. It's, so there has to be like a middle ground of the ability to experiment and the science behind it so that you can create this art. Um, And then speaking of art, then you moved on to the zine. So here we are. It was a great transition. (laughs) That was perfect. Nice. (laughs) It's almost like we planned it. No. Um, Yeah. So what, yeah, where did that come from? Like, where did the idea to create these books of art essentially come from? Yeah, that's a really great question. So the Coffee People Zine is an art-based publication that's full of art and poetry and photography, short stories, illustrations, doodles, music by folks who work in and around the coffee industry. And really the idea from that came from the fact that I was in the coffee industry and I was surrounded by folks, baristas, roasters, um, cafe owners, importers, exporters. And most, I would say, you know, I'm from the United States and most of my experience in the coffee industry has been on the consuming side. Sure, I've been to origin countries, but I've never like fully lived or mm-hmm. or uh, been part of a producing culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was surrounded by all of these people in in cafes and they were my friends. They were like, you know, my my community. And I just had this realization that we are all, as people who work in coffee, there are so many people who are in t- like just so creative, who mm-hmm. are intrinsically driven to create. And sometimes that's because, like I had this recognition that sometimes it's an artist who works in coffee to make a paycheck in order to, you know, fund their art. Mm-hmm. Other times it's a, a barista or a roaster and that's their passion. And then they're also in a band on the side because that's their fun thing. Mm-hmm. But there's just this, there's just this melding of worlds between folks who are creative and folks who have an affinity for the arts. And also then, you know, artists, who fuel their, <laughs> their art making yep. by coffee With or musicians, right? Like touring musicians who the only way that they can stay up aside from extremely illicit substances is to <laughs> drink coffee all the time, you know? Um, so yeah, I just, I just saw this common ground between coffee, coffee consumption and coffee culture and a, a creative, 
the affinity for creativity and for creating. Um, and then also being in the coffee industry, I realized that a lot of times that I went to throwdowns or coffee events, we only ever started talking about the coffee stuff. We mm -hmm. only started, we only talked about, you know, what was the best pour you had today on bar? Like what, how many tears can you pour into a tulip yeah. or, you know, what, what, is your favorite blend right now? Or what's your favorite single origin? What's your favorite brew method? But we never talked about, oh, I spent the weekend, you know, curating an art show, or I spent last summer on tour. Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought that it was such a huge, like waste to only ever talk about coffee. Yeah. Um, and that really in the industry, as somebody who works in the industry, the 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 structures and the frameworks of events are all built around coffee and that's as far as we go so i wanted to create something that took us took it a took it beyond just the coffee mm -hmm. conversation and connect people over our shared love and shared experience of coffee and then say okay what else mm -hmm. like what more do you do who are you aside from a roaster or beyond a barista and how can we like connect and create conversation and really recognize each other's multidimensionality um, in, in other, in more ways than, than coffee. Yeah. So coffee, coffee is kind of the, you know, the floor of, you know, where we, where we can all come yeah. together and, and bond. Cause once you know, you have that, it's like going into a coffee shop. You know, you as a person in the industry, you know, you can immediately go up to the barista, say yeah, a few buzzwords, and they're like, "Oh, hey, you know what you're talking about? Let's yeah, have a conversation." Yeah. And sure. then, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there is that that tendency to just want to talk about the coffee when, in reality, we're all these very complex people that have interests outside. Like, for example, this podcast is about sports and coffee, so I talk yeah. to people about both things because that's what I like to do. Um, and so I really like the idea that your magazine is a coffee magazine that's not really about coffee mm -hmm. in terms of it. It's about people in coffee and the other things that they do. And so I think my next question would be then, what is it, what's it been like to create, to curate this, this new thing, right? To go from being a barista to be a roaster, social work and all this compassion fatigue and everything now to this print media. Like what, what's it been like? Yeah. That's a really great question. It's been a roller coaster, I would say, is the the probably the best way to describe it. Because when I started it, I didn't have grand plans for it. I just really wanted a place for really at the beginning, my my friends to share their art with one another and with our customers. And then through social media and through my ability to uh, the opportunity for me to travel to go to like national and international coffee events. Um, people really started jiving with the idea. People are really uh, kind of, yeah, just really started appreciating the idea and feeling, I think, feeling seen on a different level than just coffee because, mm -hmm. like I said, because so many people have extracurricular, extra coffee um, activities and, and passions. So yeah, when I first started, I really was just like, well, I want a place 
like I want I want to create a little book of all of my friends art because I want to share it and then and then the next one was like a little bit bigger because I got more submissions and then the next one was a little bit bigger and I was like I, I've got the next one the third one perfect bound so it has like a spine um, and really it was it was kind of a, like a natural oh, this is a little bit bigger, I got more submissions. Oh, this is a little bit bigger, I got more submissions. And each one has has grown because people, I think, resonate with it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it it's it's been pretty cool. And it has opened up a lot of opportunities for me and opened up a lot of connections that I've been able to have with people all over the country and all over the world, mm -hmm. because I started getting submissions from producing countries. I started getting invitations to producing countries. I started connecting with people from like world barista champions to somebody who works at a second wave shop who's just getting started with mm -hmm. latte art and like is, is just excited about the coffee community. So yeah, I probably the coolest thing or the most unanticipated thing has been the connections and the relationships. Right. I've had the opportunity to cultivate and grow. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's that it's, yeah. I don't know if that actually that answers your question. It absolutely um, answers my question. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's the thing, right? Like we, you, we get into these things because we like the thing and it's usually the other stuff that comes along with it that keeps us doing it, right? Like you get into coffee because you like coffee and then it ends up being the people you work with and the people you connect yeah. with that keeps you in it. And then, and I think, I really like the fact that you said you feel like people resonated it with it because they felt seen. And I think that's just such a super important thing is because everybody has, and especially nowadays with social media and all this kind of stuff, we have kind of like this one face that we, we put out to people. And even when we first meet people, it's the same. And to have a space where we're recognized for something beyond the, that initial, like, Oh, you're a coffee person. That's cool. Yeah. Um, like my thing, one of the things that, <laughs> used to bother me a lot was people who, oh, I'm a coffee person. So they'll be like, oh, I'm not going to make you coffee then. You're going to, you know, you, you'll probably think it's gross. And it's like, yeah. I didn't say that. Like you're, yeah. you said it for me. Like, right. so I think that's really cool that you've provided this amazing space for people to share their other talents because you're yeah. right. Everybody's got these really cool talents. Um, right. I wanted to kind of destroy the, the hierarchy that the like quote specialty coffee industry has constructed that you know, super light roast single origin is the only thing that is valid or that the person who wins the throwdown is the only person worthy of our attention and, mm -hmm. um, and like applause, basically. I wanted to challenge that value system and be like, hey, like the person who got it out in first round of the last throwdown, like, they're playing a show tomorrow night. Let's, let's support them in their, ba in their band or, um, you know, the, yeah, the people who I had this experience at when I was inviting people to the first, 
release party. So with each zine, I've kind of like held an event and stuff like that. So the first release party that I did, I went to literally 46 different coffee shops in Denver to invite people to the party. Yeah. Was, yeah. Well, you did the was, leg work, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was on my bike. So I literally. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, but I went to, I mean, I, so I went to like all of the quote specialty shops, like the fancy ones that are, that'll show up on the top 10 lists of whatever. Right. But I also went to all of the second wave shops, the shops that are where you probably don't want to drink their coffee by itself. You want to put in cream and sugar, but coffee with cream and sugar is tasty. Like mm -hmm. it's delicious. But so I went around and I was passing out these flyers and inviting people to uh, the, the event. And I had a number of, of baristas at those shops that aren't seen as like the tip top who were like, wait, we're invited to, and I was like, yes, ah. absolutely. Like, this isn't an exclusion. Like, I want, I, this isn't an exclusionary place where you have to be the tip top of, of whatever. Like, this is for all people who work in coffee because that's not only who you are. Like, yeah. we want to know, I want to know more about who you are. Like, yeah. So I, I, yeah what you said is, is super true. Yeah. And like, I was one of those people who, who probably like when I first started getting into specialty coffee, I was like, Oh, gross. Like cream and sugar, like how dare right. you drink it? Mm -hmm. Not black. And like, you know, if I make you this, that, and the other, and I was actually, I, a shop owner in, so I, I grew up near a city called Hamilton in Ontario where, where mm -hmm. the coffee scene there is really amazing. Like there's a lot of really cool shops, but there's one specialty shop that's been around for a really long time. It's called Smalls and it's owned by these two people, Ian and Jess. Mm -hmm. And in Canada, we, <laughs> coffee in Canada for a long time was Tim Hortons. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've experienced Tim Hortons, but <laughs> the thing to order there is a double double, which is two cream and two sugar. That's like what most of us, if you grew up in Canada drinking coffee, like that's what you drank. Yeah. And so like, there's a big transition between even like that and Starbucks. And so for people in Canada to like go to specialty shops is like super, I think sometimes intimidating. And Ian and Jess will, if someone walks in and orders double double, yeah, they'll just grab the pot, pour it and make it. And they won't say a word. Mm -hmm. Like, whereas you go into some shops and, and like, I probably would have been like, this is the star where it's like, uh, we don't, we don't make that here. Like, yeah. and even just hearing their perspective on it, I was like, Oh man, like I probably scared away some people from wanting to drink good coffee. And right. Yeah. So I love that that's, and it makes me a little bit sad that you went to those shops and they felt like they couldn't be included because they worked at those. Like that also makes me a little bit sad, but Ooh, awesome yeah. that you are countering that. So. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. I, I just, I think that the value system, I think a lot of value systems in place that uplift and uphold the status quo are just not great for people <laughs> are just wrong. And yeah. that if we don't take the time to question them and to figure out why they're there and who they are supporting and what they are upholding, that we're really just doing a disservice to everybody, yep. really, to, to everybody who doesn't fit that, doesn't fit that mold or that quote ideal. Yep. And I think that's boring, honestly. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I think like it's boring. I like and that I think way of putting it. It's boring. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think it, I think it's boring. I think it's harmful to people who are, who are striving for that or who know that they can't reach that or even for the people who are in that to, that they have to uphold this level of perfection or this level of whatever the heck it is. And it, yeah. And then it just, it just gets boring. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I think, yeah, the, the system's in place. And like, I think from the outside, a lot of people like to look at the specialty coffee world and think, oh, it's really progressive. And I think we're really quickly seeing that that is just not the case. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, one of my big things in, in talking to people is like trying to get them to understand like coffee's not, it's not like a one person thing. Like there's this huge chain of people. And in this hundred billion dollar industry, the people who are making the coffee originally get 1% of that. Yeah. And it's like, that's not okay. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's about, you know, rethinking those structures because yeah, you're right. It's boring. Like why, why do it the same way we've always done it when there's all these different avenues we can go down. 100%. Speaking of that a little bit in terms of doing things differently, the barista league online, what was that like? <laughs> that was so fun to watch. It was like one of my, fa- I watched all the episodes in one night. I was like, this is the most fun thing I've ever seen. <laughs> It's a binge worthy show. Yeah. 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 So the Barista League online was super fun to participate in. It was, it was unlike anything I've done before because it's unlike anything that they've done before. hundred percent. And it was super fun. So it was, it was kind of the timing of it for me was a little bit weird because I did my application video when I was still living in Colorado and I knew that I was going to be moving, but I didn't exactly know when, and I didn't know exactly when the barista league was going to be filming and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I was like, whatever, I'll figure it out. I do my application video, uh, which was super, super fun to do. And yeah, then they were like, great, you're in. I was like, cool. (laughs) So I, uh, I, moved back home and I got the box I think like two or three days back like after I had moved and so I was in the middle of unpacking half of my copy equipment was still boxed up another half was like just strewn across (laughs) like unorganized um and also my parents were kind of rearranging their house uh, which is where I moved and so the house was just in total chaos. And so I was trying to do these challenges in just, and my mind was like, <laughs> half of it was back in Colorado, half of it was here, half of the things were just everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really fun, a really fun experience because I got to try and think creatively in a way that, in a way that I hadn't for a while because I, so I quit my uh, roasting job in October of 2019 and have been doing like the zine and freelance and traveling kind of since then, obviously not traveling now, but um, so I hadn't really made, I hadn't been making coffee. I hadn't been in a like day-to-day coffee job for months. So it was like, it like brought me back to like, oh wait, do I still remember how to do this? Do I even remember how to cup coffee? Do I even know how to make a signature beverage? Because that had been years since I had 
as after I became a roaster, I really started drinking a lot more just like straight up drip coffee and straight up espresso because mm -hmm. I like to, I like to experience the coffee like as is. So yeah. I'd been doing a lot less putting stuff into coffee, though it's still super tasty. Um, but so the second round was creating a signature beverage and yeah, I was like, I don't even remember how to put milk in coffee, much less <laughs> make something that's like complex and interesting. So yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. And really the, I think this is a kind of a recurring theme for me and just for the coffee industry. I would say the best part about the barista league was the relationships that I was able to cultivate during that time because it was, so it was eight competitors and we all like would be Instagramming each other or for the ones in the U S like texting each other, mm -hmm. like after we did the, um, the episodes and like we were able to just connect on like, Hey, this was super fun. Hey, good job at that thing. Mm -hmm. Like, what did you think of this? What did you think of this coffee? Um, and we also had Zoom meetings um, kind of to like do recaps of, right, okay. of each episode and just to talk about how each round went and stuff. So we were able to really have a good amount of time together to get to know each other, to talk about the stuff uh, that we were doing. And that was, that was a brilliant opportunity. I mean, I was talking to people from here in the US, some people that I knew, some people that I didn't. Um, and then Steven, up in he's in northern ireland i love steven great guy yeah yeah i haven't met him in person maybe someday but he just had a he just had a baby his wife just had a baby yeah. and it's the cutest um and then on Nguyen, who's in um new zealand and uh nicolas in bolivia like yeah it was super super cool to get to connect with those people in a way that was more personal like i think with with the COVID and quarantine, I feel like I've been online more, but that doesn't mean that those relationships have been more impactful, you know? Right. And so with this, I felt like I really got to develop relationships with people rather than just interacting with them right. online. Uh, so big shout out to the Barista League online for, for setting that stage. Yeah, it was uh, it was honestly so fun to watch. Like it was a hilarious group of people. Like it would have been really funny to see that group of people like do these challenges like in a room together. Yeah. Cuz it would have been hectic. Yeah. I think my like my favorite episode easily was the home roaster one. That one cracked me up. Like and seeing the the one he had like the Chemex and the blowtorch and like the ice yeah. bucket I was like that is so creative. Like how did you even think of that? next yeah. level for sure so that that's super cool so i have just one more question for you because i don't want to take up too much more of your time but yeah. what's next what is what's next for the zine what's next for cat like what what do you can you give us a sneak peek are you like really close to the best with everything like what's coming oh no i am i am an open book when it comes to like <laughs> anything um so the next zine this most recent zine issue nine was released in uh, july and the next one will be coming out in September. And I'm really, really, really excited for it. So it will be an all black coffee creators issue. All of the submissions will be by uh, black folks who work in the coffee industry. 
And I'm really excited to, to be doing this. I've also, um, I'm, I'm white. You can't, if you're watching the, or listening to the podcast, you can't see I'm a white person. <laughs> um, but so I've decided to hire a, um, a black editor so that I'm not, you know, as a white person gatekeeping or like controlling the artwork of uh, right. black uh, submitters. Um, so I'm, and I'm super excited. The person that I hired, her name is KP. She is brilliant. She's in coffee. She's an artist. She also runs her own magazine called Queen Spirit. Um, so y'all should check that out if you, uh, if you've got the time, just pause the podcast, go check it out. Yeah. Um, and I'm super excited to, to see what she uh, will do with, with issue 10. Um, I, we're also going to be um, compensate, financially compensating everybody who submits, which I'm also really excited about. Uh, I usually, I don't pay people because it's not sustainable right. um, long-term. Print media is, print media is expensive, <laughs> but, um, but we, we will be, uh, financially compensating people on this issue. So I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, issue 10 is just going to be really, really cool. And I'm kind of, I've been kind of coming up towards a, well, I've been doing a lot of self-reflection. I think a lot, as a lot of people have during quarantine, I've been doing a lot of self-reflection and I'm at a somewhat of a fork in the road with the zine just deciding, okay, can I continue doing it how I have been? Financially, not really, but what does that mean? Do I want to keep do, continue to do it how I've been doing it? Not really, because I want to bring more people in. I want to make sure that the zine is really accomplishing the goals that I set out for it. And I think if I continue to do it how I how I'm doing it, basically me being the only person who's really working on it, I'm limiting it to right. to myself, and I don't want to do that. I want it to be I want it to be bigger. I want it to have the opportunity to be more impactful. I want it to reach more people than I just personally can, and so I'm looking at different ways for that to happen. Um, so what's like what's next is issue 10 which i'm super stoked about what's next next i'm not entirely sure and i think yeah i'm i'm constantly evaluating reevaluating trying to determine if the zine is the best way for like if if a print zine is the best way for for coffee people to accomplish the goals. And mm. so I, I recently finally came up with the mission statement of coffee people. I've been like thinking on this for ages and ages and ages, but I finally did like come up with words and it is to celebrate the creativity of the coffee community. And so now that I have that and those words, I'm like, okay, is the zine, is a print publication the best way to celebrate people? Mm -hmm. And maybe it is, and maybe it's not. And what does that mean? And how can I shift or adjust or 
scrap something and start something new in order to really celebrate people, in order to really recognize and like, and, and highlight the multi-dimensionality of people. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm thinking about a lot. I've, I've- So just small stuff, you know, small things. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, I've toyed with the idea of starting a podcast. Um, it's fun. <laughs> great. I, I know. I've, 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 I, I just need, again, I'm recognizing my own limitations as a person and as a creator. Like I can't do everything that I want to, because first of all, I don't have the skills to do all the things. Second of all, I don't have endless time or energy or funding to do all of the things that I want to do. So I'm doing a lot of like, I don't know, auditing of my time, energy, networks, resources to figure out how I can, yeah, how I can celebrate people. And yeah, podcast, I'm, I've been thinking about doing that and I need to figure out how I can do that with like help and support of people that are way better at it than I am um, and who have that knowledge base. I've also thought about doing like video. I've, I've been toying with video a little bit just kind of personally mm -hmm. because I think it's real. I love making videos. I think it's super fun, but it's also really time consuming. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also unless you have, you know, however many thousands of followers on YouTube, it's not a lucrative, <laughs> a lucrative endeavor. Yeah. You're, um, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. Getting, getting followers is hard. Yeah, it is. It really is. And so I'm trying to balance all of that while, um, yeah, while making sure that I'm doing like doing the things that I love and that interest me and that other people will have a, have an interest in as well. Um, but yeah, I think video would be super, super fun. I love, I love making videos. So that's, that's on the horizon as well. What else am I up to? Um, who knows? I just, I have a lot of ideas and I get excited about a lot of stuff. Um, so anything, anything really. Oh, I'll be starting a Patreon very soon. Okay. Um, if people want to support me in that way. So you can support me by like following the zine on Instagram, subscribing to the zine. So it comes out every three months. You can get a subscription on my website, which is coffeepeople.org. And that's, that's a really, really fun. I mean, I love the zine. I love it. So <laughs> I, I want people to buy it because I yeah, want them to see it. Um, and then, yeah, also this Patreon I'm getting going so people can um, kick me some cash and then you'll get, I have, I'll have different tiers. You can get um, different like subscriptions to the zine or different access to online or in-person events when that happens. Um, so that'll be kind of the next thing that I'm, that I'm doing. Shout out to my friend, Molly Flynn, who is helping me get that up and running. Um, she's been super instrumental in both encouraging me and in like doing the follow through with this Patreon. That's um, 
but so yeah, that'll be the kind of the next thing also that I'm that I'm working on and really honing in on the community of supporters um, more than just like I, I, I really want to cultivate community and bring people together to really truly be able to celebrate the creators who are in the zine um, and who are around the coffee community. So. Yeah. Wow, you, you got, that's quite the horizon. <laughs> you got a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kat, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, and I, I think I'll speak for everybody who's going to listen to this. Like you can hear your passion for everything you do and it's, it's real. It's not just like you're doing it for, you know, recognition for yourself. You really truly want to celebrate other people. Um, and because of that, I think people are really going to latch on to all your ideas because that's, it's genuine. People like genuine stuff. So I uh, appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on and, uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you for having me. Have a great rest of your day too. All right, everybody listening, uh, enjoy whatever time of day it is for you. Hope you're drinking ride coffee because of course you always should. So that was our conversation with Kat Melheim. Uh, yeah, I'm just blown away by her passion for what she's doing, her passion for people and for people to be seen. I think that's the key is Kat clearly has, whether it's in coffee, whether it's in creativity, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, whoever she meets, social work, clearly her passion is for people to be seen. And I think that the world needs more of it. The coffee industry definitely needs more of it. Um, I need to be doing a better job of it. So I was really inspired by our conversation with Kat. I hope you all were as well. Um, make sure you go check out her zine, coffeepeoplezine.org, coffeepeople.org. I'll drop the, um, the website in the, uh, in the description as well. Uh, follow her on Instagram. Um, pick up a couple copies of the zine. Look out for the one that's coming out in September. Uh, that one sounds like it's going to be awesome. So definitely check that out. Uh, and yeah, just uh, just do what you can to support her. If you want, become a Patreon subscriber, um, subscribe to the zine. It sounds like it's going to be just an awesome, uh, awesome thing she's got coming. The future sounds very bright. And uh, I was very thankful to have this conversation. And I hope you all enjoyed it. And until next time, I'm your host, Mark Cunningham. And that was another episode of Pass the Brew. Thank you.